Hey, 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 everybody. God bless you. It's Papa John, Mama Jennifer. We decided to go on a little bit early today. We've got a full packed day today. Got to be somewhere at noon. And uh, so we jumped on just a bit early. We are looking forward to today's broadcast. Yes. We're going to be talking about authentic kingdom family relationships. So we're going to give you just a minute or two to get online. We encourage you to post this on your Facebook page, share it on social media, invite others to become part of this weekly broadcast that we do. And it's amazing to me that I've been doing this broadcast now for almost two years. It's just amazing. But uh, the only way we build our uh, followers is if you share it, if you spread it. So. And, you know, this makes me uh, want to ask the question to you, audience. What does authentic kingdom family relationship look like to you? I'd like to see your comment about that. Amen. And we'll be watching the comment box for any comments and we'll do our best to answer them today and uh, to correspond with you. Let's just dive right in. And of course, as I always do, I compare religious order. When I talk about religious order, I'm talking about the pyramid denominational structures that most evangelical uh, organizations fall under. Many other uh, non-spirit-filled uh, type of organizations. Of course, I get a lot of flack when I say that non-spirit-filled, but um, you know, people that don't emphasize uh, the spirit, uh, speaking with tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit, um, gifts, uh, prophecy, healing, miracles, stuff like that. And, you know, one thing I want to point out is in religion, religion masters in what I call behavior modification and modeling. And that atmosphere does not, uh, is not conducive to uh, authentic kingdom relationships because, you know, as long as you be, as you model a certain behavior that can be taught, then you can live a life of secrecy, yeah. a life in the background that as long as you present during the program-based events that they have, this certain image, you know how to talk, you know how to hold yourself, you know how to appear and, and to, to have an appearance of what looks like the fruits, an appearance of love, saying the right things, smooth talking, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, faith, temperance, all the fruit can be modeled in any setting with no transformation taking on the inside of the heart. And it's a very dangerous setting because true authentic relationships are not developed. And also in this uh, religious order circles, your value is what you do, how, how you serve the events that the program-based religion sets out, and your how much you know. It's not who you are. It's not the authentic beauty. And 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 we've all seen this in mega church settings where people just get burnt out, where they're used and driven into the ground. And the second they have a problem, it's a problem in the home, a problem with their marriage, a problem with finances, and they can't be there to serve in the function of the event that program-based church puts, and that's what program-based churches do. They pack the week with all kinds of events. 
Come for Tuesday night women's study. Come for Wednesday night Bible study. Come for Thursday night prayer time. Come for Friday night youth. Saturday outreach. And you're just, you just, you're, you're on this hamster wheel, just running through all these events with your tongue hanging out. And the moment you can't, then it's just next. What is that? How do we plug this hole? Who can we get to be on the worship team for Sunday? Who can we get to fill in for, 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 for children's church for this? Who can, and, and you just become an object of, 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 you know, filling a hole. Is, would you say then, then that would be about proving your allegiance? I think that's part of religious order because the way you climb up the tiers into higher rankings, higher, make yourself you know, available. You, most religious order organizations that are top down driven to get into the top 10% is a very hard thing. The amount of money you got to sacrifice, the amount of, of blood and time and sweat and tears wow. you got to give, you know, you got, you neglect your family, you neglect your health. You put everything else on the back burner to climb that ladder. And it, but it's empty because yeah. the moment you can't perform, it's next. Okay. So what you just said is a killer for relationship. Exactly. There's no relationships. No. I used to climb on a plane every week and fly somewhere because that pastor had to have Prophet Arcovia. I was the man of God. He had to have the prophetic word. And, and so I, I just, my whole life was wrapped around this schedule of these 40 some odd itinerant places I would travel across America to minister at. And the, the, the emptiness was that I had no relationship with this pastor. I had no relationship with the body of Christ. Wow. I was just brought in for the weekend prophetic event, the high they built up. Of course, the house was packed, standing room only. Everybody drove 100 miles to get a word from God. But, you know, it was just hit and go. And, and, you know, the pastor was like, hey, you know, uh, why don't we put this down for next year? So I had about 20, 25 meetings that every time I would speak for this church, we would just book the same time the next year. And in a way, as far as having finances coming in and having stability, you know, it was nice for me to have 20 events already pre-planned on my schedule. Then I could sprinkle in the other 20 or places that would have me, but maybe at a different time, a different day. And I still went back to them every year. But the sad thing was I had no lasting impact. And the sad thing was many of these places, I would come that year, prophesy, minister, house of fire, climb pews, turn the house upside down, and come back the next year, and they were no wow. further than they were the year before. Wow. They were in the same slump. They were in the same... Uh, problems the same challenges that they had faced the year before mm -hmm. and they just wanted another shot in the arm another spiritual candy bar to get them excited for the weekend and i that's why i began to really talk about kingdom and think about kingdom and god began to call call me out of that so let's switch now and i'm just going to talk about authentic relationships according to what the word of god says to us there's a scripture in second corinthians 4 and 7 that says we now have this light, and so that light is the light of God or his presence or his spirit that comes by the entrance of his word. That's what the Bible says in, in Psalms 119, the entrance of his word gives light. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. So this makes it clear that our great power is from God. This is the beauty of transparency, because then you become you realize 
I can do nothing to move myself forward in the kingdom of God. Now, I can do plenty to climb the ladders of men. All I have to do is connect with the right people, show up to the right events, make the right sacrifices at the right time to impress them, show them loyalty, and then I'll climb the ladders and be given positions of power and being used within the kingdoms of men. Like right now, I have certain leaders that are reaching out to me, and I, I can sense they're sitting back with their arms folded. They're waiting for me to chase the rabbit, to go after them, to say, oh, I see you got a conference coming up. You know, I'd love to minister at it and just, well, okay, well, come and just kind of hang around and serve a while and climb the ladder. This works, and we'll see. But I don't, I don't take the bait anymore. Why? Because my desire is to have the light of God shining. That's what authentic relationships is about, being real. Well, and you know what? God knows what he's put in that earthly vessel. That's what should give you, if I may say, any type of position. Not you having to lower yourself to climb ladders, to get noticed, to get... None of that should be even happening. And, it, it should be because yeah. of what Christ has Man, put oh, in you. Mm. It put inside. <laughs> oh my gosh, mm. I feel God. Dude, that has put inside of you. So you're really robbing God of what he put inside of you. You're really robbing the people that you are called to minister to because you have, if I may say, exchanged this powerful thing that God put inside of us for uh, the approval of man. But that's the beauty of transparent, authentic relationships. <clears throat> you recognize I don't have to put a facade up. I don't have no. to fake it till I make it. I don't have to model some behavior in the public while I've got all this chaos going on in private because we recognize we're all fragile clay jars yeah we all that are containing a great treasure right so when you allow the light of what does light do light reveals yeah sin has its power in darkness as long as you can keep what you're doing hidden it has roots that won't be destroyed you know what the way you destroy roots of sin and bad habits and things that are not right in your spirit is you throw your heart open for the light of god to shine down upon you so that you can, you know, it's, that's why David said it. He said, search me, O God. Know my heart. I don't want to live a life of secrecy and fakeness and modeling one thing in the platform while I'm speaking and preaching and prophesying and ministering and being in the public, but then have this private life that is ugly. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of Aristotle's life. And you got something to say. Let me just finish this thought and I'll let you run. This is the challenge because so many people get used to living fake lives. They think they're fooling God because they fooled men. Mm -hmm. They have all this junk hidden behind walls that are 10 feet thick. Don't let anybody get in because they don't want them. There's this voice of the orphan that says, if people really see where I came from and who I am and what I'm really doing in my life privately, they'll reject me. But that's not spiritual family. 
spiritual family loves people even with their dirt. Because we all have dirt, guys. I don't care how you hide it. I don't care. And I've learned religious people, when you start dealing with them, you get close to dirt, they learn all the right things to say. Well, brother, years ago, I dealt with that. The Bible says, and they start quoting scriptures to you. Because they're hiding behind that facade because they don't know how to model behavior while faking it. Well, they got absolute chaos going on in their life. But the beauty of it is in relationships is you got to go through a lot of dirt to get to gold. And that's really what our focus is here at Spirit-Led Family. It's not just being spirit-led, but we're family, which means we get to know people. I want people that know where the bodies are buried. <laughs> they know about all of my bad past. They know all the things I did. But here's religion. Religion says if I can put three or four years distance between something terrible, then it's okay. I can talk about an adulterous affair I had. Well, that was five years ago, but then God delivered me and I, I, I got over it. And the religious nod their head. Oh, five years ago? Yeah, we understand. But last week? No. Religious will chew you up and spit you out. Will seek to expose you and destroy you. So that's why people fake it and hide it. They're not going to admit anything going on now. Even if there is struggles going on in their life, they're going to talk about it as some past situation. Otherwise, you know, they get destroyed. But the beauty of spiritual family, not factory church, not religion, not pyramid Christianity, not organizational structures, family, kingdom family is you can sit down with a spiritual mother and father. You can say, okay, here it is. Here's the good. Here's the bad. And here's the ugly. And we love you. Past the dirt. Is the dirt thing you dealt with? Yeah. You're going to have to clean your mess up. You better believe it. But you're still family. And we're going to walk with you while you clean it up and we get to the gold. You know, that's why James said, confess your faults one into another. Why? That's how healing begins. It's There's something about pouring your soul out, especially to someone that you trust. You don't want to just pour it out to anybody that will run with it and gossip about it. A true friend is going to listen and he's going to help you. It's a, it's a cry of help. But those that feel like they've arrived in the religious order, they feel like they can be any way they want. Oh, you're having problems? Oh, well, here, I'll shift you to the next person because I've arrived and I don't have time to deal with stuff like that. Man. That is not family. No. That There is no character. There's no thread of any kind of family involved with that kind of setting. And so I would say to you, if you're in that kind of environment where you're too afraid to really reveal some things that you're dealing with, um, find somebody. And, it, and if it's not going to be there, at least find, pray, seek God of somebody that you can really sit down with. That's going to listen to mm, your heart. Come on. You know, I think about the man that um, came to, the he owed so much money and he begged for mercy he begged this man to forgive him of this debt that he couldn't pay and the man did but then what did he do instead of allowing that that mercy that was just extended to him that was poured out to him he abused it 
and went and robbed somebody else of him being able to show mercy to. He almost killed a man and left him to die for a little bit of money that he owed him. You know, that's how I kind of like in family. Family is going to gather you in. Oh, I have mercy on you. Yes, I feel your pain. Let me help you. Where religion says, you know, um, you, you owe me money. It may have not been as much as what I owed the other person, but even though mercy was given to me, I don't feel like I have to extend it to you. And so because of that, that person now has been denied the thing he needed the most, which was forgiveness. And that's the beauty of living oh, in light. Man. You don't have to be afraid of light. No. Light is not there to expose you and destroy you. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 7, but if we're living in the light as God's in the light, then we have true fellowship with each other. We can become real. We're all vessels of clay. We all got dirt. Nobody's better. You know, you quit trying to put this whitewashed, perfect right. you know, image before you. That's one of the biggest things I struggled when I traveled in denomination. I would come to these pastors of large churches in this denomination that were conference speakers that I had such awe for. And get around them only to discover there was dirt everywhere. They had kids that were messed up, but they kept them hid. Yeah. They kept them, you know, away from the public eye. They, they there was a shame, created shame environments. And and it just it, it it shocked me. You know, but when when you have light, that's where real fellowship comes from because the blood of Jesus is what cleanses from sins, not our good works. Right. That's right. Not because I prayed last week and I fasted seven days and I read the Bible and I went to church and, and I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't cuss, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. And we check all the boxes off and think, I'm righteous. I'm living holy. My friend, if I can do one thing to affect God's grace and holiness in my life, then everything Jesus did was a was a waste. Amen. Jesus' death on Calvary was a farce. He died for us, so His blood will cleanse us from all sin. Amen. You know, I had this odd thought when you were talking about um, when the lights turned on. You know, forgive me for this, but this is the picture I got: is when the lights are all out in your home. And there's a mouse in your house. Mm -hmm. When you turn the light on, what does the mouse he do? Goes for darkness. That's right. Yep. When there's spiritual dysfunction in your life, it's comfortable in darkness. Yeah. It's hid. That's why churches don't wow. want prophets coming in. Jesus. Help That's why us. people don't want prophets in their life because prophets rip the cover off of stuff. They get to the heart of the issue, and all your smooth talking doesn't work with a prophet mm -hmm. because he's going to call a spade a spade. He's going to flip the light on and say, there's a mouse right there. Let's get the mouse. Yes. Why? Because we want you to live better. And you keep complaining about, oh, my fabrics get chewed up. Yeah. Oh, there's droppings everywhere. What am I going to do? <laughs> and all you do is clean up your house and, and try to make it look good and hope to God that when your neighbors come over, Mr. Mouse doesn't show up. While you keep dangling the cheese in front of it. While you keep... Singing Dancing. your songs, yeah. leading your services, yeah, leading your prayer group. You know, when I when I stepped away from religious religious, religious order, I did it in 2012, but and I won't talk about it. But I, I released my license, I released everything. But 
I had a very good friend that was the assistant general superintendent of the organization. And he called me and asked me to hold on and, you know, don't make a rash decision. And so he held my letter and my ordination that I submitted and released. He held it from 2012 to 13 to 14 to about 15. So 12, 13, 14, 15, four years and didn't, didn't enact on it. But I just went ahead and went on with what God told me to do. And it created so much controversy because I was teaching on modern day apostles and prophets. I was flying into cities, renting, you know, I wasn't going to churches. They couldn't control me. I was renting hotels and I was teaching on apostolic and kingdom and they didn't like it because they couldn't control me. And when I finally decided to step away, I believe there were 32 letters submitted from 32 different district superintendents demanding that I, I release my license and, and leave. And so I said, you know what, let's just, let's just do it. You know, I don't want to create Trump problems and trouble. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing. I'm not, I'm not going to stop teaching what I'm teaching. But I said that to say at that time, I told the general board, I said, look, I'm not going to go and try to tell people to leave. I'm not going to try to support. I'm not trying to build another organization off of you. Mm -hmm. I said, so I will not tell people to leave. But if people are tired of religion, I'm going to lead them into Jesus and the kingdom. And if they happen to fellowship with me, that's how it is. But that was the challenge. They couldn't have that. They couldn't have people coming to my meetings because I was no longer a car bearing member. And especially because, you know, uh, one of the officials happened to be my father-in-law encouraged his daughter to divorce me to stop my ministry. But um, anyway, that's all water under the bridge. I've forgiven them. I love them. I don't even talk about it anymore, you know, but I didn't. But when I would have people come because they were hungry for kingdom, they were hungry for the apostolic prophetic, they would come after me. And, and try to sever that relationship. And so it became very discouraging because here's what I discovered. People that were used to religious order and that environment of, of, of domination, manipulation, yeah. and control. Most pastors treat people that instead of serving them as a shepherd, they dominate them with an iron fist and treat them like they're just 15 years old. I knew pastors that people couldn't even take vacations unless mm -hmm, they included mm -hmm. through the pastor. That's right. They could do nothing in their life because it made the pastor feel powerful, have all this power over the people. And I found that just like a woman who lives in an abusive relationship, has an abusive husband that's an alcoholic or a drug addict, and it's a horrifying tale she tells when God delivers her. But what's shocking is when she finally comes around to, to, entering into a relationship with someone else, guess who she's drawn to? Someone who's abusive. Mm -hmm. Someone who's addictive personality. And it's the same thing. I would try to help people come into relationship, but they didn't know how to be relational. They didn't know how to be a spiritual family. They just wanted me to tell them what to do. I was the apostle, apostle. I had people come to me, apostle, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. I'm going to sow into your ministry. I'm going to support you. And I'm like, that's religion. Religion works everything to make one person powerful and one person the, the, the king. There's only one king, and that's Jesus. I'm not going to have that relationship in your life. And my frustration is people would come, be part of the family, and then leave. Come and leave. Do you know I sat down the other day and I just etched out on paper from 2012 until now how many people have attended our conferences, attended our Zoom calls, reached out to me, want to be part of the family, was here for a month, 
here for three months, six months, a year, but then left. Over a thousand people. Over a thousand people in 10 years. Why? Because they couldn't, they didn't know how to function in a healthy family relationship. Especially when I finally made the decision four years ago to stop all the hybrid that I had. That was a hybrid of what I came from in religion that I kept hold of so people could feel comfortable in spirit-led family. When I became pure spirit-led family, people jumped like rats jumping from a drowning ship because they, they were used to that domination and control in their life, somebody controlling them and telling them what to do. It's not relationship. You know, okay, so why did Jesus start his ministry off with repent for the kingdom is here? You're saying you have to turn from the, right. the place you're walking to receive kingdom. We can have both. You can't bolt kingdom to your religious life. Right. <laughs> but but there's something, there's power in repenting. It's I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did it religious way. I'm sorry I did what I did. I walked the way I walked and still thought that I was living a righteous, a righteous life. No. What you have to do, the first thing is... If there's, there's got to be some kind of conviction. Now, if you're just listening to somebody else talk and go, wow, that sounds pretty cool. I want to do that. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to shut this part of my life down and go after this. There's got to be a conviction that tells you what you've been doing is not working. It's not right. Follow Christ. How do I follow Christ? Repent for dead works. That's what the Bible says. Well, so what does a repentant heart look like? You just turn yourself around and go the opposite direction. Julie's being so blessed by this meeting that the only, the only thing she has to say is your hair looks really good. <laughs> oh, high five, Julie. Thank you. How's my hair look? <laughs> but, but you understand what I'm saying? If, if you're gaining a, a hold of something fresh and new like this, Get on your face with God and say, God, help me understand this. Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me into this. Help me to understand what Papa John is talking about. And when you're in a relationship, you want people to point out. In religion, people get offended when you come and you try to help them with something. They say, oh, don't be judgmental. Don't judge me. Don't. The Bible says when your heart is right and you're after God and you want to be transparent and pure, he says, point out anything in me that offends yes. you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Right. Yes, I want light turned on in my life. Yes, I want to be with brothers and sisters in kingdom family that will talk to me straight and not just smooth over something. Right. But love me enough to, to, to tell me like it is. Right. Amen. Right. You know, Ephesians 4 and 25 says, stop telling lies. Yeah. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. Right. How, how are you going to have the power to even to bring forth the message, the real message of God? If, you, if you've if you got stuff inside of you that you know is not right, but you're not going to deal but with see, it. See, that's what I've noticed. It's the two extremes of religion. On one hand, this, if you could call it the right side of religion, is legalistic the world all and they're gonna pound on you and it's no relationship it's about behavior modification you dress and look and do what they say and they'll let you sing in the pulpit yep. teach preach serve be a leader whatever the other side it's the swing I've seen the same religious spirit 
where it's all just fluffy love and we're not going to we're not going to deal with any issues you know we don't ever tell anybody the truth we lie to them they come saying <clears throat> you know i'm in this homosexual relationship and how does god feel about this well god loves you and don't let anybody condemn you and you just pray and god will lead you just keep coming keep giving keep you know, stop telling lies on either side. Tell the truth. Amen. Amen. And be comfortable around spiritual family that knows all yes. the dirt. Yes. They're not going to pay attention to the dirt. Right. We all got dirt. Yeah. Let's get to the gold. Yeah. Let's deal with the dirt. Did you clean? Did you make a mess? It's fine. Come on. Let's clean the mess up. Mm -hmm. You're still family. That's right. Just because you created a mess doesn't mean you're not family anymore. Right. We're going to clean the mess up. We're going to learn what you do wrong. And we don't look down Unless on you. repent. You're not going to do it again. You're going to change your ways. That's the beauty you know, of kingdom family. <clears throat> Dr. Dobson said something a long time ago I'll never forget. And he, he said that he lined up his leaders. And he said, there's somebody that has committed adultery and... Um, I want to know from each of you, your response to this, you know, uh, what would you do? Oh, brother, I would have never done that. So I really don't know how to help the person because that's just not in me. And I don't know how to help. And he went to the next one and they had the same kind of thought. Oh, I don't, that's horrible. I can't even believe that happened. When he got to the last man, there was four of them. I believe when he got to the last of the ministers, that one said, you know what? I am, um, if I was in this, their situation and they didn't know what the situation was. He was just saying, if I was in their situation, I might've done the same thing. And you know what Dr. Dobson said? You're the man. Hmm. You're the one that can go and help. Wow. Why don't you close this off? It's maybe a closing comment, Mama Jennifer, and maybe just pray for those that are watching maybe they're saying man i want to be part of kingdom family but sometimes you got one foot in religion and you just can't seem to to disconnect and really become part of a kingdom family when well, i understand <sighs> that because you've got one foot into what all you know what's comfortable i i know how to dance the dance i already know what they expect of me and i can do that but then you hear teaching like this which causes a great freedom now you've got your Foot maybe over here playing around in the dirt, kicking the tire, going, that sounds really good. It's just so scary for me to become vulnerable and to know if I could really trust. Because religion, again, is a lot of lie if you if you want to really say it the way it is. And, and, and we've just become comfortable here in Spirit Life Family. We don't even try to offer you what you had in religion. No. You want to become part of Spirit Family? No, we're not going to have 50 events for you to attend so you can be busy in religion no we're not going to dominate your life and tell you what to do no we're not going to demand that you sow your ties to our ministry because we're sowing into you no we're not gonna you know we're not going to try to facilitate all that we're not going to support you we're not going to try to you know but we are going to come alongside you with love yes and to give you counsel yes to sow into you even the spirit leads and to walk with you because let me tell you what it's really about it's about what is God doing in your city and what's your assignment concerning that. Amen. That's what matters. Amen. And where are you at in your growth process? That's becoming right. Becoming the person that God wants to use to accomplish that thing. Are you becoming healthy? 
a healthy Christian. Everything else, if you go to spiritlet.net site, because right now I'm having an issue with it. It should be back up running by today, tomorrow. Just, just people, corporations, it's crazy. But anyway, just if you go to it, I don't have an application anymore there that you can fill out and join Spirit-Led Family and pay a due. I got rid of all that superficial stuff. It's about family. It's about relationships. And if someone wants to be part of us, I say, okay, let's walk it out. Let's have a relationship. Let's call each other once a week, novel idea, and talk. Yeah. And find out where you're at. Let's have a Zoom. You know, if, if you're close enough, let's have a coffee. Oh, just tell me what I got to do. What I got to pay. And do I need to sell my ties to you now? And it's not what it's all about. Let's close. We got to okay. go. Father, I thank you for this time that we were able to share our hearts. What, what you put on our hearts to, to share with these beautiful people, God. And Father, I just pray that something that we have spoken, something that was said would strike a note in each and every one of the hearers on the other side of this computer, God, that, Father, it will cause them to want to develop a better relationship with you that will also create a better atmosphere where they're at and to cause them to become vulnerable and to want to join family. God, so that they can be everything mm, that you on. have called them to be, God. Father, you are raising up. Come on. You're raising up your children. You're raising up families, God. This is what it's going to be about in these last days. Father, we need each other. We've got to lock arms with each other and not hurt each other, but bring walls down, God. Bring security of walls down so that, God, we all can be open and vulnerable and seek seek each other's counsel, God, not looking at each other as being better than the other or being over or under, none of that stuff, but that, God, we can get on the same page with each other and help pour into each other, develop each other, strengthen each other, God, and that only comes from being real and authentic. And so, Father, I thank you for this truth, God, that we're getting a hold of, God, and that we're walking out day by day. It looks different every day, God. Every day our day looks different because you're going after different parts of us. But, God, it's just the same sound, a sound of love, God, that we can put our arms around each other, God, and love each other through our problems, and so, Father, I thank you for you being such a wonderful daddy and such a wonderful father that we can run to. And so, God, I just ask that you would bless each every one of them, every, each and every person that is listening, God. Bless their day. Bless their way, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Well, like I said, our spiritled.net site has got some issues right now. We're hoping to get that fixed here within the next day or two. But you can email us at spiritledfamily at gmail.com if you want to know more about connecting with spiritled.net. I usually answer within a day or so. And I'd love to hear your story, find out what God's wanting to do for you through you in your city. And we'd love to connect. Amen. And Amen. come out and we love doing house fires. I don't know if you guys know what those are, but it's just a gathering of people in your home, a coffee shop, just gathering people, being family. Amen. And I also want to mention that this weekend we're doing a regional connect meeting and it's going to be in um, Indianapolis, Indiana. 
And it's going to be Saturday at uh, 6 p.m. and Sunday at 10 a.m. And I'm going to post here a uh, uh, link where you can get more information on Eventbrite. And um, uh, you also, uh, it's going to be at the Hampton Inn on McFarland at 7045 McFarland Boulevard in South Indianapolis. And if you're even remotely close, we'd love to see you. And, and then I, two weeks from now, we're going to be in Kentucky. Henderson. Yes, yeah. Henderson, Kentucky ministering. Okay, guys, we're out of time. We love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And Lord willing, we'll see you next Tuesday. Same time, same place. God bless you. Mm -hmm.